The original Red Pill Show. Welcome to a brand new episode.
Did it end? I think it did. Huh. That was the version off of Amazon Music. Where the hell is it? I'm changing it up a little bit here. It was, wasn't it? Huh. Okay, so welcome to another exciting episode of the original Red Pill Show. Today is two, oh, it's two wiener Tuesday. How come my headphones sound like they're out of balance? Hello, check one, check one, check one. They are. Huh. Oh, there we go. There we go. Little technical difficulties. Okay, today's Tweener Tuesday. Oh, yes, it is. March 21st, 2023. This show's for entertainment, educational purposes only. Please use at your own risk. This show is copyrighted by me and Freedom Revolution Network. Com comrade, yes, I'm talking to Z. And uh, no, that's a German accent, Russian. I must break you. I am talking to Z from China. And all of you fuckers are finally going to get what you deserve. A nice hot nuclear missile right up your ass. For fucking with us and beating Drago. The show's opinionated. The holes especially. Wait a minute, what I forget? See, when I stop doing that, I lose the cadence, the whole thing. Because it just flows. The show's opinionated under no circumstances whatsoever. Should opinions... Be taking an advice. Now, that's the last thing I say. Holy shit. Well, Tim, if you did a show like every day, you wouldn't have to do this. Time to wake up. Literally. Uh, let's see. Man, should I just start all over again? I fucked all that up. Let's see. This show is copyrighted by me and Freedom Revolution Network. No part of it can be reused, reused, rebroadcast, or any way form. Without our written consent, you can just ask finally. This show's opinionated. The host, especially me. Callers, guests, people that didn't know to you in the chat room and deserve a spanking are and always will be opinionated under no circumstances whatsoever. Should opinions be taken as advice for your seeking professional advice? Strongly encourage you to hire a license of required person in his or her field there. A little Tommy Heyman. No, that's his name broadcasted live from the gorgeous state of Colorado. Oh, yeah. And I truly mean that. And I am going to explore, hike, and do everything I can in the remaining planned, stress this, planned seven years I have left here. Now, this is how I'm going to start this, and I'll probably end this at 630 
hour, maybe more, maybe maybe less. I got to put a pillow under my ass. Hang on a minute. Who makes stools that are hard as fuck to sit on? Because you can't sit on them for more than 20 minutes. I don't care who you are. I mean, maybe some of you can't, but the fluffy ones, but not me. My ass is too hard for that. It didn't sound right, but anyway, that's what it is. Okay. All right. A huge, 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 huge disclaimer. Most of you people are not going to like this episode. Really? I honestly don't give a shit. Okay. This is my show, my life, and at the risk of sounding like an asshole, it's just the way it is. And it's taken decades to get to this level. I titled this episode, Wasted Years. And I encourage you to do the same and see how many years you've wasted in your life for or by the influence of other people in your life that probably aren't in there anymore, like me. First of all, so I got to go back to when I was a kid and it might, might with you, might not. If it's not and you're perfect and everything's wonderful, regardless of your age, gender, creed, religion, whatever, then good for you. Write a book. Tell me how you did it. However, I don't think most of us are that lucky or blessed or whatever word you want to use. Way back when I was 15, this is the start of my wasted years. And and a lot of it's my fault. I mean, but there's cast of characters here, you know, that have to be involved because they were involved. But way back when I was 15, And starting at 13, I won my first motorcycle. And a friend of mine always, I don't even know if we're friends anymore, but I'm just going to, for story's sake, a friend of mine couldn't believe I won a motorcycle and just always, always, you know, razz me about it, which, which was fine. It was all in jest and fun. But I started riding motorcycles at 13. I got pretty good pretty fast. And one day, my dad's like, well, is this what you want to do for a living, Tim, or want to do, you know, like a dream? He didn't phrase it that way, that way, but you might as well set it that way. Yeah, dad, I do. So we shoved my 1978 RM125 into his van, his work van, and went to Byron Racetrack in Byron, Illinois, right next to the nuclear power plant. Don't stray too far because you're going to get shot. 
just go to the writers meeting and Aaron will tell you all about it. So anyway, way back in 1975, just knee high to a grasshopper. I want to my pop, my pops, pop, whatever I want to call them. Dad. And uh, I went to Byron. Now, mind you, I never raced in my life. Went to Byron, and it turned out that Sunday to be a regional qualifier, which means regional qualifier, I'm assuming, to go to Loretta Lynn's, okay, or one of them. It's a bunch of different races. I'm not exactly sure how the AMA structures it or did at the time. This was probably 1980, 50, I was 50, 79, uh, 1979, the year of the snowstorm. Wow. That just dumped fucking snow everywhere. And me and two friends of mine jumped off at Taft Junior High School into the snow drifts. <laughs> anyway. 1979. My dad takes me to Byron Racetrack. I forgot my motocross gloves. So he's running around like a kid in a candy store, all excited for me and everything. And he goes and he buys me some gloves. So I'm good to go. So now it's a regional qualifier. So the best of the best are trying to advance to higher levels in the AMA with points to go to Loretta Lynn's. Now for you people that don't know motocross, Loretta Lynn's, if you win that, you're going to be a pro if you're not already, and you're going to probably get some type of um, offer to be a factory rider. Every kid's dream who rides motorcycles, but you got to win Loretta Lens, and even sometimes takes more than that. So I go to this race unbeknownst to me and even my dad because he was totally clueless, and so was I. All I did was ride my motorcycle every day in Streamwood, Illinois. Streamwood, Hanover Park, off of Route 19. Got chased by the cops all the time. Get the hell out of there. And uh, go to the qualifier. <clears throat> it had to be 30-plus bikes. It was the 125 class back in the day. On a 1978 RM125 stock. So the gate drops, this and that. I, I never been a whole shot guy, you know, whatever. I like working my way up through the pack. Uh, long story short, two races by the end of the day, I was, I, I think I placed overall like 13th or 15th. First time racing regional qualifier. Not too bad. And then again, we're going home and my dad's like, oh, I did really good and blah, blah, blah. And you don't really want to do this. And I'm like, yeah, I do, dad. I, said, I told you that. <clears throat> I mean, I'd say that. It's I wouldn't get the shit beat out of me if I talked to my dad like that. But anyway, like, duh. <laughs> I was pretty good. I'm just saying it. I'm not tooting my own horn. If I sucked, I'd say I sucked. I didn't. I did things on a motorcycle that uh, really shouldn't have been done. <laughs> so, as I've been told. Um, okay, fine. It's great. Um, the end of the story is I never ended up going to another race with my dad in my life. 
Um, could I have had, yeah, when I got my license, of course, I had a Ford Maverick that my neighbor gave me that had four flat tires and they were going through a divorce and the dad or Mr. Jackson said, Tim, you can have this car and get it running, which was right up my alley because that's what I do. <laughs> so I take things apart, put them together. And, uh, I think with the help with a friend or two, we got this Ford Maverick going and have all kinds of memories that uh will go to my grave in that in that car and then of course you know became girl crazy i probably i was girl crazy at 15 but really couldn't do much about that lost my virginity by the way i had to throw that in there and uh parties and friends and then a car and it's like the motorcycle i kept riding until i was maybe 17, 18, maybe, uh, because I didn't get the support, you know, and it's like, could I have done it? Sure. You can do anything you set your mind to, but, uh, this is the title of this is wasted years. Okay. And, uh, from that point forward and the whole story of going to Byron and racing for the first time with my dad and, Thinking that I was going to get support uh, was a um, either a misunderstanding to be a nice guy or just a real asshole for my dad to do that. It's like, Tim, you want to go get a puppy? And I'm five years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. It didn't really say we're going to go get a puppy. But I mean, if someone's asking me, if do I want a puppy? I would assume we're going to get a puppy. Okay. Okay, so there are, that's where I'm coming from. So then after that, I barely graduated high school. Not proud of that, but I did. And my dad said, you graduate high school? No, he didn't tell me that. He, Yeah, no, he told me if I graduated high school, he'd give me a job. And then I graduated high school, and on the back porch in Streamwood, Illinois, on the back porch that I helped build. And he was drunk, and he's like, well, I can uh, send you to college or... You can work for me in 50, in five years, make 50 grand and run half the company. Duh. <laughs> Let me think about that. Well, that never happened. And, uh, that was more wasted years based on what somebody told me, my dad, again, do I have daddy issues? Well, who don't or mommy issues? who don't you know it, one of them's a problem <laughs> so if again you're blessed to have a quote-unquote normal family and support and they actually did what they said they were gonna do god bless you very happy for you anyway so i get into an industry lured into it i didn't i wasn't my dream to become an hvac refrigeration service technician it was a motocross Rider, star, whatever, factory rider. I had a chance in Helen doing it, but I didn't because I listened to dad. Well, that didn't go very well. And then internal arguments with him and my dad's partner and my dad's partner's son. Uh, and now his stepson runs the company that my dad started with his partner, which was the whole plan to begin with legacy and uh 
that was the plan unbeknownst to me being an 18 19 year old kid how would i know dad says you're gonna make 50 grand in five years and own half the business uh the son listens okay well that never happened and it was it was hell on earth and he was drunk uh i am a child of an alcoholic fun stuff my mother's an elena god bless her saint He'd come home drunk after quote unquote, wink, wink, working late. This is going to be in my book, by the way, just a part of it, but I, I, I need to get, I need to set this up. So, cause what I'm going to say, people aren't going to like, it's just too bad, but there's always a backstory and there's a backstory to the backstory, depending on how far you want to go back. And I'm sure people can relate to this because I just can't come on here and say, oh, I, you know, I wasted my entire life and fuck everybody and I'm going to live out of my van in seven years. That's the end of the book. I can't, I can't say that. I can't say that. It'd be a lot easier. But I can't just say that. So he would come home after a wink, wink, working all night. Drunk as shit, and his anger came out. I'm his stepson, which I didn't know until later because I couldn't understand why he treated me like shit and my daughter like she was a fucking little princess. And uh, even two college degrees and cars and things of that nature. Uh, it's all true. I had to get, I bought a 78 Camaro with their help, but I had to flip burgers three nights a week at Roy Rogers and Woodfield Mall after going to school. You know, so <laughs> it is what it is. And bailouts for businesses. I did get bailed out one time. My dad helped, my mom and dad helped me in my divorce. I have, I just can't be one-sided and an asshole here. And they helped me with some challenging times, you know, but uh, not two college degrees and cars and uh, bailout every time my business checking account went to zero what what was that anyway definitely favoritism no doubt no doubt but he come home drunk and then i started drinking and that didn't turn out very well and he got to the point one day he home I was, uh, I'm going to say 14, 15, summer vacation off school. I cut the grass. I've been cutting, well, I don't have a lawn now, but I've been cutting grass and my neighbors at the time since I was seven years old. And my dad's like, okay, we're going to cut the grass today, right? And I go, yeah, dad, whatever. Okay, 14, 15 year old kid, whatever. So he comes home and I didn't do it. And he was pissed. So he comes home. I'm in the garage. I always hung out in the garage. I was probably working on my motorcycle. And he's like, oh, would you cut the grass? And I was like, no, because he fucking could see it drunk. And uh, why didn't you cut the grass? The guy didn't get to it. So he starts yelling at me. And my mom hears this when she's upstairs. And she starts coming down. But by the time she came down, my dad grabbed me and threw me against the back garage wall was ready to hit me 
Okay. Now I was 15. Cause I remember this. Cause I, I was starting to put some size on me from working out. Cause I've been a, I've been, I was such a skinny kid. I always got teased. I mean, my forearms were bigger than my biceps. Um, my mom fed me. I mean, fucking fed me good. Not mac and cheese and soup. My mom was a great mother. Okay. But I have such a fast metabolism and I got her body build build. Um, but then I started working out and I responded very well, especially my chest. And, uh, I think he kind of thought twice because I can take care of myself. Just put it that way, even at that age. So she comes running down, gets in between us, yells at my dad and said, you touch him. I'm leaving you. So mom came to the rescue and that was the last time that ever happened. Uh, but my dad and I, uh, so I started drinking. I picked up his habits. I'm not blaming. I'm just like, that's my environment, you know? You become your environment. Environment. It's normalized complacency. You don't know any better. I was like, well, I just think every family does this. Every dad and son has this relationship. Uh, so much so that when I turned 21, I would go drinking with my dad after work. Who doesn't do that on a weekday? Okay. So that just escalated, spiraled out of control. Everything got worse. He was an asshole at work. He oppressed me. And he said at work, well, I got to be harder on you because you're my son and the owner's son and you have to set examples for everybody. Well, okay, but that doesn't mean a capital punishment crime for a life sentence. He hired people that didn't know a damn thing about this business and came in and passed me up in pay and position, swear to God. which was very humiliating and very depressing. But I still persevered and I dealt with all the shit. But it didn't get any better. So then after that, uh, I just got to do the Reader's Digest version because it's going to be longer and I thought it's already 10 to 6. That's 20 minutes. So after that, you know, and I had a girlfriend in high school and then uh, that one didn't work. And then the next one did. She ended up being my wife for 27 years. That wasn't a picnic. She was a child of an alcoholic with her mother. And then when I'd come home drunk, it was too much for her. And uh, then she ended up leaving. And then two weeks later, she leaves a note on my truck saying that she's pregnant. Now she'll tell a different story. She'll say that she was pregnant and I kicked her out. That is not true. I, I will take a lie detector test <laughs> on anything, anytime, anywhere, just so you know that. So her story is just to make her not look bad. Put it that way. And then things just went downhill for me in my life. And then uh, I straightened it out. I went into treatment rehab for drinking and uh, got back together with her. And, uh, then she got pregnant with our son. So it was time to get married. I did married 27 years. She was my best friend, my business partner. Everything was wonderful for about 20 till 2008, 20 years, actually 1988 to 2008. And I'm not kidding you. 
wonderful marriage, wonderful raising my family. My family went to hell when my daughter turned 18. She wanted to do whatever she wanted to, and she did. And it caused me problems and my wife problems. And then the person she decided to ultimately marry and the family that came in just destroyed, just destroyed my life, destroyed my life. My wife decided to go to that side. I was replaced. That's fine. Okay. Something that cannot be predicted or foreseen. 20 years of a great marriage. You kind of think you got it, you know? And I busted my ass and I started my company in 1997. That was a 20-year run. Um, the last two years were hell on earth. It Well, even before that, five years. You know, 15 years was great. The last five were hell on earth. It, I was having an internal mutiny. I was having conspiracy, more than three people. There was conspiratory actions. An employee was trying to get fired. I fired him. He incorporated with him and a current employee there. And I fired him. And then a week later, his friend left and they started a company or he joined that company. Uh, and then they were on a mission to take all my customers uh, while I was going through shit with my wife. Big distraction trying to save your marriage and your business, but you got somebody internally that's uh, trying to get fired so they can collect unemployment, which there was a hearing on and I fought it and I won. And yeah, he went after my customers. And to this day, uh, from what I know, he still has them. Uh, it, it, this is a nightmare. People won't believe it. I don't care. I'm telling you the guy's making 46 bucks an hour, $140,000 a year. And it's still not enough. He's got to take on my fucking business. I got to get some more coffee. Man. <laughs> Okay, so went through my divorce, signed a divorce decree that I know I couldn't pay. But in my uh, ex-wife's defense, she was very generous, considering she could have really, really, I mean, not only destroy me, but just totally put me into submission. So it was a very fair agreement. The divorce decree has been paid in full. It was paid in full a long time ago. It ultimately destroyed me. After we sold our house on Davis Junction, I moved into a shithole mobile home. Fortunate enough, they have a roof over my head. But you got to understand, from making $350,000 a year to watching my life being unraveled, which is going to be the name of my book, and it started way before then, but unraveled in a shithole rental mobile home in Bartlett, Illinois. No offense. I was very appreciative. But it was every sense of the word. Very depressing. I had a 3,3200 square foot house that I just moved out of into a fucking shithole, single mobile home. Okay. Tell me that won't fuck with your head. After I begged her not to take my pets, she did. And she took them to the pet shop, not pet shop, the pet vet, the vet. You have to understand she moved out in with my daughter and my son-in-law. I had to take care of three dogs and two cats alone. They were in the mud room 14 hours a day, which was the laundry room, which was big. And 
Now, now I'm a pet abuser. I'm like, wait a minute, bitch. You fucking left me 14 hours a day. I knew of a girl that did dog sitting and could come out and let the dogs out. And she said, don't, I don't want anybody in my, in my house after she abandoned it and her animals, not to mention her son later, but that's a whole nother story. And, uh, I begged her not to take my dogs and Rocky, who I don't even know who is, who I heard became aggressive, big shocker, rip him out of his fucking family and, uh, shove him in to my daughter's house. And then God knows where he went from there. And, uh, I was two dogs at that point. And then Sabrina, which I don't know why she left Sabrina with me. So I guess I, I was treating one pet horribly, but the other I wasn't. So she could leave her with me. I don't know. I don't know what the thinking is. If I'm a, a, a pet owner, why the fuck wouldn't she take all of them? But she took the two cats and Rocky. And since we had since a puppy, she had to have them. She had to have Sabrina. Like, yeah, that's fine. I love dogs and I'm going to get another one here pretty shortly. When I know, well, the dog's not going anywhere. So where I go, the dog goes period. And if that's the grave, then it includes the grave. I mean, I'm a forever home pet owner. Okay. So for some reason she didn't take Sabrina. So I took Sabrina move into this shithole fucking mobile home. I mean a shithole. They, when I moved back there, I started there with my family and my kids before I bought my first house in 1994. And the family owns it. I'm very grateful. They're great people. But one of the family members goes, I can't believe that they put you in there. But it was the only thing available. It, was, it wasn't intended. There was no malice. There was no, oh, Tim's moving back. We're going to put him in the shithole rental. It wasn't like that. It was, it was like, that's what was available. And I didn't have a place to stay. I asked my parents if I could move back. And my dad flat out said, fucking no. Well, we've tried that before and it doesn't work. Oh yeah. When I was a kid and you're coming home drunk, trying to beat the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're right, dad. Whatever. So I ended up in a shithole mobile home. She left Sabrina. And then Sabrina had a big old growth on her chest. So I took to the vet and she had shoulder cancer. Something that's pretty common with uh, bull mastiffs. So within six months, while well, the vet goes, well, we can try and save her. I go, how much is that? He, she, uh, the vet goes five grand. I go, I don't have five dollars. I just got divorced. <sighs> so she gave me meds and I took the dog with me to work every single fucking day. Big old smile on her face. And I asked the vet, when, when is the time? When will be the right time? And the vet looked at me and goes, you know, just give this to comfort her. So I think she lasted maybe another three months and I had to put her down. I would have not made it without that dog. I just can tell you right now, I got her in an urn over here, the rainbow bridge, the footprint, the urn, the whole fucking nine yards. Okay. And a picture of her. And then from there, I tried saving my business for two years. Uh, everything was against me. The world was against me. Reconnected with friends. That didn't work out. Oh, and then so after about, I don't know, seven, eight months, not even, let's see, April to December, eight months, 
can't believe I stayed in that place eight months. One came up, one used mobile home came up for sale. And I told my dad, I go, dad, I got to get out of this fucking shithole. You know, can you help me out buying, buying a place? So he loaned me the money for it. And then uh, my business was going down and I told my uh, wife, whom now was previously allegedly cohabitating while I was paying her, which is against Illinois state law, but whatever. And I threatened her with it. I go, I don't have to pay you. You're cohabitating with somebody. Ended up marrying this guy. Good. Good, sweetheart. Live happily ever after. Stay the fuck out of my life. But I couldn't pay her to the terms of the very aggressive but fair divorce decree. So I told her, I go, I'm losing business. Former employees taking business. It, the business is going down. I'm just giving you a heads up. And she threatens me with court and contempt of court. So then I go, okay, you explain to your granddaughter why why uh, her grandfather's sitting in fucking jail. So then she, uh, I guess, talked to her husband and I, whatever. I'm good for you. And uh, she made me an offer. Pay me $40,000. We'll amend the uh, decree and we're done. The only way I could do that was sell the roof over my fucking head that I just newly acquired. So my dad, I go, dad, I, this, I got to do this. I go, I'm sorry. I got to do it, you know, but with his permission, because he was involved and, uh, got rid of her done, sold it. No roof over my head, moved in with a friend which there was an agenda there, but I didn't know at the time. Uh, I'm not getting into that. And then that didn't work out. Company went into the ground, did everything I could. Tried working for three or four people, three, no, two people in Illinois. Didn't work. I'm like, I'm out of here. I came, came to Colorado. And then here, uh, worked at a great company. COVID came, <laughs> had to leave, went to Florida, worked for five companies there. Uh, then I came back here last year and that's pretty much the reader's digest version. And I've been through two companies. I left my last company who was my previous employer because they don't understand inflation or if they do understand it, they don't care. Couldn't get a raise. Then I got a advanced raise, but wouldn't get another raise when a raise came up. Um, just to note guys, inflation after what just happened with this Silicon bank is gonna, is going probably into hyperinflation. Uh, and that's a whole different subject, but employees can't pass their inflation on to anybody where businesses can seems to elude business owners. I don't get it, but whatever. So I had to leave there and resigned and now I'm working where I'm working now and I'm within four months I became service manager so which is sending some shockwaves through the company because it's like and I don't blame him. it's like who the fuck is this guy you know and it's like you know what I mean I've earned my stripes and it's not my choice anyway it's the owner's choices and the guy that had the position had back surgery and he's out for two years but he's coming back and he's gonna get a position too so I mean it's like so no, no matter what, it's an uphill battle with me, okay? That's life. However, now to the title of the episode, Wasted Years. 
with the preface of, I raised two great kids, wonderful wife, an experience that I couldn't have dreamed of. I chased my dream, which was to be a business owner. I don't really want to be. And plus I was told I was going to be one. So I went to school for it at night, busted my ass all day, went to school at night, got some management classes under my belt, um, was very successful. And I'm not going to say since the age of 15, every single year was wasted, but I would say, except being happily married, raising my kids and having my business for Nineteen eighty eight to two thousand eight. Um, happiest time of my life. No regrets. No wasted time. Unfucking believable. Dream come true. American family. American story. American dream obtained. Okay. However, since the age of fifteen. To the age of 33, wasted years. Some can argue, well, without that experience, you wouldn't have had 20 great years. That is true. Okay. That's, I'm not going to argue that. You got to start somewhere and go through shit to get somewhere. I'm not arguing that. Talking about wasted years. Okay. 15 to 33. There's 18 right there. Okay. And then uh, in 2008 to present day, that's what? 15 years, right? So there's 15. And then what I say, 15 to 33, that's 18, 15. That's 33 years. Is that right? Is my math right? 33 years. And I'll even include from 20, 2018, Till now, wasted years. That might seem harsh. Anyway, let's just for numbers' sake, let's say I wasted forty years because I'm fifty nine. Now that's not going to work, right? Because I'm fifty nine, that'd be nineteen. Let's just say thirty. Thirty years. Fucking number sake, okay? All right. It's not. It's not about the years, but it is though. Say I wasted thirty years of my life. So what from, I got to do the math again. Sorry, 15. I don't know why it's so hard. It's early. And I got a U46 education. 15 to 33 is 18. And then 2008, today's 15. Weird. 30 years. Let's just, let's just use that number. I don't really care. Give or take a few. I could add more. 30 years of wasted time. So, so now here I sit and I'm 59 and I'm starting to get back into the dog eat dog and get into debt. No, you should buy a house and you still got time left and you're young enough and all this crap. Um, the definition of insanity is repeating the same mistakes and expecting a different result. I did that. I tried that. No, thank you. 
Now I'm going to get into the subject of what this is all about. So back when 2012 was going to happen and the Mayan calendar and the end of the world, uh, and I was woke up in 2008 with the financial meltdown, took me down some rabbit holes. And one of which was the Mayan calendar and uh, we're all going to die pretty much and uh, prepping and things of that nature. And I did. My whole half of my basement was full of canned foods, dehydrated foods, water, solar panels, this and that. Forgive me for trying to protect my fucking wife because that's who it was. Me and my wife. We went and looked at property in Washington State. We were going to live literally on top of a mountain, pull our RV up there. And it, and it, if it wasn't for a $900 fee from, I forget the town, they wanted a $900 fee and a, and a, a schematic or a blueprint a blueprint of what I was going to do with the property. I'm like, fuck you. I'm, I'm going to get a well, uh, you know, I don't know, septic. And, uh, we're going to live on an RV and build a house there on top of the mountain. It's like, it's really none of your fucking business. I mean, this was literally in the middle of nowhere on top of a mountain. Who Who's going to care? The bears? Really? So a $900 fee and a bullshit situation. It was just about the money like it always is. Permitting and licensing. And I was like, that's just, you know, it's just money for the people that are dictating this and i said no you're done and we had a wall guy come out i mean we were we were all we had to do is pull the trigger and that stopped it so we decided not to so i went through my prepping thing and living off grid way back then and i st when i was doing my research i stumbled on van dwelling and these people are living out of the vans and they've been doing it for a while. And it seems to be growing only because of the economic pressure in the economy and all the bailouts and the meltdowns and inflation. Yeah. I really don't know what the government fucking expects from us. 2008, most people lost half of their equity, if not all of it, 80%, maybe a hundred. Oh, you start all over. Oh, really? I thought it took a lifetime of work and equity in your house and a 30-year mortgage so you could retire, not to mention an IRA, 401k, a pension, whatever. Well, you know, oh, wait, just wipe most of that out. Who cares? You got time. You can do it over as we bail out our buddies as they did again. I have a pension from the union. I have social security, which I didn't think I was going to ever need or use, let alone be there. Not a lot of money. I have a seven year plan. And my ass will be living in a fucking van and I'm going to spend the rest of my life. If I don't get terminally ill or something happens to me or I'm not um, mobile, mobile, I'm incapacitated because that's what happens to people when they age. Nothing we can do about it. 
and I'm going to spend the rest of my life with a fucking dog after I get my passport renewed, Canada, Alaska, North America, and maybe Mexico, which I'll probably save for the latter part of the trip, just in case the cartel gets me and fucking kills me. Um, because I'm not going to waste another year of my life for anybody, anyone, anything. The trust, the lies, the deception, the intentions, the giving of my body, mind, heart, and soul to another person did nothing but advance them. What's going on right now? And people are going to think about the money. I don't care about money, but again, try living without money. Try living without planning some type of retirement. That's not going to be wiped out by these greedy fucking assholes. Cause you don't have it. If you think your money's sitting in your pension, you better go check it. Not to mention your bank. It's not a confidence issue. It's, you fucked me, you fucked me, you fucked me, you fucked me. Oh, well, you're losing confidence in the system. No, you fucked me. And you fucked me again without kissing me. And you fucked me again. We got fucked by, well, you can go back as far as you want. The dot-com, 9-11, 2008 meltdown, COVID, in, uh, inflation. And now this bailout again, I mean, it's six, that just counted six. Then you could throw in a divorce with me and bankruptcy. That's eight. How many, how many times are we going to play whack-a-mole when you finally kill the mole? Cause you hit it eight times in the fucking head. And then you're going to tell me that it's a confidence issue. Fuck you. Hang on a minute. That's a trust issue. That's trust. I don't believe you anymore. Oh, honey, I'm going to quit drinking. Oh, honey, I'm going to stop cheating on you. I'm. Oh, honey, you know, I'm going to stop beating the kids. Oh, honey, I'm going to stop beating you up every time I come home. Uh, and you stay with them. And then they, and then you're going to leave and you go, oh, you don't have any confidence in me? It has nothing to do with confidence. You got some serious fucking issues and I'm not living like this anymore. You can fuck off, sweetheart. See you in court, divorce court. Yeah, that's it. This country and people and society are in a divorce. And somebody said that to me when I was talking to him on a show I did a few years ago. And divorce is a devil, one of the tools of the devil. It's in the Bible. God frowns upon it. So get ready. You know, <laughs> all hell's going to break loose and it does. And that's exactly what we're in right now. So for you people to comprehend or try to understand what's going on, what's, why is everything crazy upside down? People hate each other. Oh, gee, that sounds like a divorce. I'm going to destroy you.
Sounds familiar, doesn't it? For you, you, y'all that been through it. Yeah. That's why it's all fucked up. This country is going through a divorce, not to mention the world. A lot of pain will be inflicted and people will have smiles on their face. I'm sure my ex-wife just loved seeing me homeless. Okay, so that's enough of that. So those were wasted years. I'm not going to waste any more of my year. I'm not going to waste a day. So I got into prepping and all that and stumbled on the van dwelling thing, like I said, and now I'm getting into it again. Back in the day, it was the email. You got into the email list and they would email you, the van dwellers would email you status and this and that and stories and all that shit. Now we got YouTube and everything else and Facebook live and Facebook and all that, which I'm not on social media. I'm on Twitter, but I don't even really use it. I'm like, whatever. Twitter's being, it's weird. And coming for me, if I say something's weird, it's weird eccentric, whatever word you want to use, that'd probably be the better term. Anyway. Um, no, there's another word for it. Somebody called me it and it'll probably pop up when I'm not thinking about it. I'm not going to think about it. It'll pop up and I'll say what it is. So for some reason, I don't know, this van dwelling thing popped up. Again, and I stumbled on this woman, and I'm going to plug her again. And they're going to play some fucking commercials here, which I don't want to hear. Do you agree that ads are relevant to you on YouTube? No, no, no fucking ads are relevant. Let's have some me. fun. Okay, now wait a minute. Is this? <laughs> oh. Okay. Hi, friends. I'm Nikki Delventhal, and this is my dog, Camper Delventhal. We live in a 2006 Toyota Prius. And we're here to take you along on the wild ride. So buckle up your seatbelts and let's have some fun. Well, that was amazing. Don't touch the poison ivy. Go. <gasps> Don't forget, if you like what you see, like, subscribe, share with your friends, and turn on notifications. Camper and I would be so thankful. Okay, so I'm just going to play the intro. So this woman, I think she's 33. I spent all weekend not just watching because it's, it's going to sound like I'm, I'm obsessed with her and I'm not. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I don't really think I'm obsessed with anybody, to be honest with you. Um, no, not really. And if it is, it might be Sammy Hagar playing the guitar, which I'm an ultimate fan. But as far as obsession goes, because that can get kind of weird when you're obsessed with somebody. I'm not, I'm not obsessed with this woman. This woman's fascinating. Her name is Nikki Delventhal, D-E-L-V-N-T-H-A-L. First name is Nikki, N-I-K-K-I. And I just stumbled on her. She's probably 35, used to be a New York Jets cheerleader. She shares that story. This is all on her um, YouTube channel, which I would encourage you to go check it out and share it. I just watched the video yesterday how she started getting into this. She used to be in Australia. She was a tour guide, blah, 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 blah. Got a one-way ticket. Um, her philosophy is amazing. She was on The Bachelorette or The Bachelor. She was on The Bachelor 
beautiful woman, model, and a cosmetologist, licensed cosmetologist, did um, Kurt Russell's daughter, but Goldie Hawn's daughter, Kate Hudson. Met her and her family, did her hair. I, I mean, she's just, she's not, I'm just going to say this because how people perceive it. She's not a loser. She's not, she's not somebody that, you know, I just can't do nothing and life sucks. I'm just going to live out of my car with my dog that she met with her mother when she was on a hike one time and had her mom and this stray dog just came up and she tried to find out whose it was. Nobody knew. I think the poor dog got abandoned. She, she nicknamed him camper. Great, great dog the fucking dog is great it's great it really it really uh took me back to how much i love dogs you know dogs are your best friends unconditionally and um that's this so i need that i need that right now and when my ass is going across north america and quite possibly mexico But this woman, I listened to her last night. I don't want to go on. I don't want to know what's going on in Ukraine. I don't know what's going on with the economy. I, I know that. Okay. And it's all the same shit and it just pisses me off. Okay. I'm like, fuck it. I don't need it. I have to start looking at how I'm going to live the rest of my life, not wasting any more time. And being misled with obviously different intentions and agenda. I don't think my dad ever planned on me running this business. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, but what he said and what he did are two different things. And I don't like hypocrisy. If I give you my word, that's my word because that's all I have. I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. But I'm tired of being dependent on other people and they say this and they say that. And, oh, I love you. Or, you know, I, I can't tell you just like you what I've been told. And they don't even do what they say. Actions do not match the words. I ain't wasting any more time with that. But I do have some great, amazing friends here in Colorado, and I'm not going nowhere for seven years. So I'm going to make it the best seven years I can um, before I leave. And if I leave, I mean, things can happen. But I'm not just going to sit here waiting for them to happen and, again, waste any more time. And that's where I'm at. I'm 59. I'm not dead. I got a lot, a lot of life and energy left in me. And the only thing that's going to take it away, if God decides it's time for me to go and I die, however that happens, just it's my mortality. It's like, I don't have a death wish. It's just like, Tim, you're going to die probably at 80 years old. And that's all I ask the Lord for it. Lord, take me in my sleep. And I'm healthy. Don't let me get sick. And like my dad and saw that and my uh, great friend, Stacy, I don't want to see him wither away and fucking die. A slow death. 
when it's in the guise, no disrespect, in the guise of trying to beat cancer. And some some people have. The ones that I know haven't. Killed them. So if that happens, that's what the Lord wants, not my will. But, however, I have one day at a time. Not going to wait any more time. This plan will be executed. It's only just me and eventually my dog. And this woman, I mean, she knows it. She knows she's judged. You know, oh, you know, you're a loser and you're living in your car and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she made a great point. She goes, I don't, I don't know why we, well, I know why we do because we're indoctrinated. We're told to do this. Go to school, get a degree, get married, have kids, buy a house, and uh, then put to your retirement plan and retire, get a rubber watch, and you live happily ever after. But then by the time it's time to live happily ever after, your youth is gone and you can't do jack shit. So she's like, I don't know why we don't do things in our youth because she wants to get married and have kids and that. But people asked her with FAQs, it's like, how long you you live out of your car, which now she lives out of a van, a sprinter van. And she said for probably a pretty long time, she's not looking for, she's dated, she's had relationships, but she's not looking for the domesticated life. And she's a beautiful woman. And I was like, like, don't, no argument whatsoever model. And then she had had an eating disorder and allegedly the uh, cheerleading coach told her to her face that she's the heaviest cheerleader in the NFL. That's good motivation. And she had fat thighs and two big broad shoulders. And she, she was on the bachelor bachelor, beautiful woman model covers of magazines in six months. Uh, Miss Connecticut, or she came runner-up in that. I'm just trying to set a thing here. Being a nomad doesn't mean you're a drug addict and your, your life is ruined for whatever reasons and you're living out of your car because it's all you can do. This is a choice. And she made a great point last night that resonated with me. Why do we wait until our later years of our life to live when chances are we can't because of our age. I'm like, holy fucking shit. I'm like, you're right. And she goes, so if you want to judge me and think I'm a loser in this and that, well, you know, that that's fine. Uh, but if I'm motivating people and setting example, which she is for me, that's wonderful. This woman's got a heart of gold. She's got a heart of gold. I'm telling you right now. I've watched enough videos now. I've seen what she's done. She started a fund for animals that um, there's a place in Oregon, I'm sure, that brings in dogs and dogs that are injured and they need surgery. And she started a Facebook page and a fund for these dogs that require medical attention so they can get medical attention. 
surgery, this, that, everything else. And she started a fund to do that. What a, what a great way to get back. You know, it's like, yeah. And, and she's living in her fucking car. She said, if you need a haircut or help with to get a dog, then reach out to me. And I did. I don't expect her to answer back, but I'm like, I'm looking for both actually. And, uh, she's in Colorado, uh, in her travels and, uh, just watch the videos. And, um, you know, I reached out to her. I don't expect a response, but yeah. So. I am not going to waste any more time. Okay. Every day I'm going to live till its fullest. Okay. I'm tired of sitting at a bus stop waiting for a bus that's never going to come. And I'm not going to let people tell me what to do under the guise of, oh, I love this and that. Do I have issues? You bet your fucking ass. But is that the way I'm going to be the rest of my life? No. But my circle of friends and people, is small and it's getting smaller. And I've known some people since I was a kid and there's still people in that circle, but I trust those people. It's not confidence. It's trust. I trust those people. And until I can't trust you, you're in that circle, but I'm not sitting at this fucking bus stop, letting wasted years go by for a bus. That's never coming. I'm done with that. I'm done trying to take care of other people. I'm done trying to fix people. I'm done listening to their bullshit. And, oh, I can't live without Timmy. He's my soulmate. I would never do anything to hurt him. And then Darth Vader comes out and I'm going to destroy you. And she did. Congratulations. All for nothing. All for bullshit, situational, horseshit stuff. Thanks to my son-in-law. And my daughter now. And now my sister. And my mom. And I was like, they all sided with him. And uh, he put my dad in the ground. And that's the shit there. That was my last boundary. Burying my dad. <laughs> fucking guy gets into my wife's head. Destroys my fucking life. Discredits me. Damages my reputation, hurts my business, and puts my dad in the ground. So that was the end of that. And that took seven, eight years. So I don't think I'm being unreasonable. Again, I'm not waiting at the bus stop for people to do the right thing. This is why I don't talk to any of my family. I told them I'm done. When, when you decide to do the right thing, let me know. I didn't totally burn a bridge, but it's pretty crispy. But I'm not sitting here at the bus stop waiting like I have for seven, eight years for them to do the right thing or anybody for that matter. I had a friend. I've known him. Uh, we've been in, in and out of our life, lives since we were kids. We hung out a group of guys I hung out with, but not anymore. But one I reconnected with because he was dating my sister at the time. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not going to be a dick. Bygones be bygones, whatever. His girlfriend lost her house, childhood house, almost burnt to the ground. Uh, long story short, 
they thought about suing the insurance company. They weren't going to win. At the time, I was d- dating a vice president of insurance company. And I said, will you please talk to her because she thinks she's going to win a lawsuit against an insurance company. And I tried to talk her out of it, but coming from you, maybe she'll listen. And then I said to this person that she lost her house, I said, you'd be much better having a fundraiser and do that than fight an insurance company. And I know plenty of people that can help you and rebuild your house. And I reached out to them. And one day I get a phone call about four years ago and he goes i don't really know how to tell you this but uh if you come to the fundraiser there's eight people that are not going to show up and those are all the psycho bitches that i dated and it wasn't eight it's like you women yeah you get score and guys do it it's not gender specific but it's like you know it doesn't work out so then you're a big fucking asshole or it doesn't work out and you're a fucking bitch and then drama ensues and you're just an asshole because that didn't work out. So I know, I know the people it is. So he calls me because I don't know how to tell you this, but if you call me, people aren't coming. And uh, I'm like, okay, so if these people don't come and I know who they were, they're former girlfriends and friends, then I'm not welcome. I can't come. He goes, yeah. I said, you know what? I'll make this real easy. Goodbye. And didn't talk to him since. And then I saw him. Uh, great guy. Don't get me wrong. I He knows how I feel about him. But it's just like in our lives, something always divides us. The first time was he's putting a football team together. Sounds trivial. But when you have a great passion for something, you've been doing something since you were seven. He started a flag football team. And he didn't even ask me to play. So I'm like, okay, well, then fuck you. And then he said, you're not good enough. I go, it's a fucking crack of shit. Because the guys you got on your team were not better than me because I played Hanover Park Boys football with them. So you can fuck off. Anyway, so they was like, okay, fine. So, you know, and I got married anyway and had my kids and whatever. But then now this came up and he said, you're my best friend. And then he calls me, uh, but you're not a best friend enough to come to this fundraiser that was your idea so we could save it and rebuild our fucking house because insurance wasn't paying for it and uh then uh a mutual friend that's on the local news out there emceed it so i wasn't even invited to something that i was helping a good friend to try to talk him out of suing an insurance company that they were going to lose uh and out of concern told him what to do and then I'm not even invited. So you can fuck off. But I did see him at my dad's wake. And um, he walked in with his girlfriend. And I don't have a problem with her at all. Um, at all. I think she's great. Uh, but I do with him. And he knows. But awake isn't the time <laughs> to resolve your differences. And, it, and I said, because uh, the guy dated my sister for few years so he got to know my mom and dad and everything and he does hardwood flooring and my i didn't notice my mom's house when i went out for the wake had brand new floors in it because that's how far my head was up my ass my dad just died and then i finally noticed it and i go wow these look really good man and i didn't ask who did them well it turned out this friend did so uh you know he's like 
sorry for your loss and this and that. And I didn't have any animosity or anger. And, and plus he could kick the shit out of me in 30 seconds, but that's not what it's about. I don't care. I don't, you know, I don't want to get in fights. I don't get in fights, but I'm not afraid of you either. But that wasn't it. That wasn't the, that wasn't the, um, vibe, you know? So, uh, we got into it and he was the last person that spent a lot of time with my dad because he's the one that put the hardwood floors in and shortly there my dad died. So he spent three, four days with my dad while he was putting these floors in. And I said to him, I go, you know what? I go, I'm really glad you were able to spend that time with my dad. And I did. It's exactly what I said to him. And then afterwards and awake was closing down. Everybody was leaving. I gave him my card and uh, we were just talking like nothing ever happened. And uh, they walked out the door and I really don't expect to see him ever again or hear from him. So that, that's the kind of person I am. But you won't hear that side of the story. And I don't know what side of the story he'll tell, but he fell for the all the bullshit. And this is how I would have handled it. If I was him and it was my girlfriend and she lost her house and he came up with this idea and had enough concern and he was dating a VP of an insurance company and would say, Tim, you know, that's not really a great idea. Why don't you have a fundraiser? I know people can help rebuild your house in the trades, this and that. And then I decided to have a fundraiser and then my friends that are associated with us, because he met these people through me pretty much, or he didn't know of them. And I know they're all women and maybe a guy or two because they're dating them or were. And I have these people coming up to me. Well, you know, if you invite him to these, are, I'm not coming. You know what my response would have said? Well, I guess you're not coming. You got a problem with him? That's your fucking problem. What does this have to do with me? And then I wouldn't have sided with the crazy bitches anyway. Because he's my friend. So that's me. And when I throw people out of my life because they don't have my back or to listen to some crazy fucking bitches because they lied to me. Or they got two guys on the side and then say some horseshit like, I'm going to marry you on 8, 18, 8, 8 of 18. And you say that to another human being? How's that not supposed to hit your heart? Then I'm told, oh, you're just making a big deal about that. You got to leave. Really? I thought getting married was a real special fucking thing. And when that comes out of somebody's mouth, it's a big fucking thing. Apparently not. So be it. So I'm not going to sit here and waste more time with people's fucking bullshit and underlying motives, which has nothing more than sex and money. So they could relocate to Phoenix. Well, she's got a guy waiting for him there and accepting gifts. So see, that's a whole nother story. The whole point of this, I'm not wasting any more time on you. My life, my right, I'm going to pick and choose who I want. My life, 
And depending on who you are and you come across the wrong way or you don't like me, but I think it's worth the effort to resolve and save the relationship and friendship, friendship, because I've been in a relationship in years. I will do that. And in fact, when I came here back here, there's a friend that I think we're great friends now, but she didn't like me. And I don't know what I did. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to engage into this. Maybe, you know, the woman's been through hell. She lost, she lost her um, part in an accident. I can't even imagine. I've lost a lot of shit in my life. I get it. I get loss. But she didn't like me at all. So then I pulled her to the side one night because we're all out. And I said, hey, you know, I'm sorry if I offended you. Please forgive me and accept my apology. And can we just leave that in the past? And she said, yes. And to this day, I would consider us very good friends. I will do that. But if you come at me sideways or lie to me or cast me out or use me or whatever you're going to do, you're fucking gone. And depending on our level of friendship, I will confront you. And it could be just a big misunderstanding or it could be intentional and go, okay, Tim, I get it. You know, I'm sorry. Can we just move on? Forget it. Sure. Absolutely. I'm not wasting any more time. So it's time to keep people in my life. And if ones that come in, that's fine. And if you're truly my friend and you really give two flying fucks about me as much as you care about you, you're my friend. If you can't, you're not. I'm not wasting any more time. I can't. I can't do it. I won't do it. I won't let it happen. But if you are my friend, you're going to have one of the best friends and humans that you've ever met in your fucking life. I'm going to tell you that right now. But I can't sit and wait anymore. I don't have the time. I don't have that leisure. I don't have that gift. So in the next episode, I wrote this down, living my van plan, 3 to 2030. That's my birthday, and that's seven years from my birthday that just passed. And I think I'm doing the math right. 62. Which is actually 60, 61, 60. No, 66, 63, 64. Yeah, seven years, 66, because I get full benefits from Social Security, which I can't even believe I'm saying that. Or up to 90% or 100, whatever. I'm not taking early retirement. I may, things may change. I'm going to save money. But my first concern is, and I wrote this down, living in my van plan, 3230, ways to make an income. So I got to I gotta find a way to have supplemental income. So I was going to write that down. Anywhere from doing this show to get it monetized, to doing videos in my industry to get it monetized, playing the guitar, teaching yoga, um, repairing things that I can do because I'll have my tools. I mean, I got to find little 
talents that I have that are hobbies that I can turn into incomes. And that's what I'm going to do. And then saving money and a plan and the right van and customizing it and watching these videos and educate myself because I have to be a master by the time my ass pulls out of this parking lot and I'm gone into the sunset with my dog and perhaps maybe a significant other. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't fucking know. But what I do know is I'm not sitting at this bus stop waiting anymore. And people that are listening to me and still are my friends, I love you to death. You know I would do anything for you. But I'm not sitting here waiting any longer. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live it to its fullest potential. And the rest of my life, I'm going to chase my dreams and my passions. I don't care about money. I don't care about positions. I don't care. I've had that. Don't want it. It does nothing but bring trouble and pain. I'm going to be a hippie that ain't a hippie with a dog and a van dweller. I'm going to meet people and I'm going to chase the motocross and supercross circuit and follow. I'm going to be a groupie and follow uh, my favorite bands. I'm going to go to churches. I'm going to help people. Uh, I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to live my fucking life the way I wanted to originally. No, no wife, no kids, no, no, no dependency. It's going to be a selfish me to live my life without any more wasted years. So that's it. I'm done. It's an hour and hour and a quarter. And I didn't even really get into what I want to talk about. So there's a backstory. That's that love me, hate me, judge me. Oh, there's gotta be more to the story. Now I swear to God to you, if you know somebody that can do a polygraph test or, or you actually want to pay for it, I'll pay for half of it. Uh, you know, for, for you to believe what I'm telling you, which I swear to God on the life of my kids, it's the honest to God's truth. I will take a polygraph test. What I am telling you is the truth. I have no reason not to. And I don't want to see seem like I'm playing the victim here. It's just that every time I give myself to somebody else, I get fucked. And I can't really condemn the female gender. And I can't condemn everybody in the planet for that. But there are people I'm sure that feel and and are the same way in essence that I am. And that's what I'm looking for. And I'm finding him and I'll find more. And that's the way it goes. But uh, for now, the plan is just save, work, have fun, play my guitar, go out with my friends, blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, seven years is going to come by and it's time to spend the rest of my life with my dog and whoever else is going in this thing with me and has the same mission in life and passion that I do. And then let's just die together and fucking live. And that's what I'm going to do. No more three cars and two houses and snowmobiles and a boat and all the shit. I don't want it. 10 guitars and everything. I don't want it. I've had it. I don't want it. it didn't make me happy. This is going to make me happy. And this woman's smiling and laughing every time. And she's not that good of an actress. And she cried. So if she's that good of an actress, she should be, she should get an Academy Award because she, because she's convincing me. And that's hard to do. So that's it. I'm done. I got to get ready. Go and make the donuts. Have fun. Go to work and all that other crap. So I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Share it. I hope it resonates. 
probably mostly going to be pissed. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, judge away. Uh, but I don't want you or anybody going through what I went through. But maybe to get to where I am and where I want to be, I had to go through this crap. So thank you to the people that destroyed me and oppressed me and treated me like shit and judged me and called me an asshole and outcasted me and treated me like shit and everything else because you got me to where I'm at and I'm going to keep rising above without you. Thank you. All right, that's it. Have a great day. I got to go uh, share the show. And uh, you have been listening to the original Red Pill Show.